Hi there, friends, and welcome to this episode of Burn Your Draft, the podcast exploring the Reed Senior thesis process and experience. I'm your host, Amelie Andreas, and today Precious Roma will be introducing us to her butt-kicking, not-your-average-superhero who goes by the name Moth. Join us as we talk about diversity in comic books, the perils and joys of using the traditional method, and that beautiful moment where you realize that, yes, artists actually do get paid. All right, take it away, Precious. My name is Precious Romo. Um, graduated, I'm a studio art major. Uh, my thesis is called Framing Heroes in Crisis, Approaches to Identity in Superhero Comics. So what does it mean to be uh, looking at superheroes in this context? Like what would be the Netflix blurb of your thesis if that's the title of the show? Honestly, my thesis is mostly concerned about the artwork that I did, but I do discuss the Jewish identity that was kind of imbued in Superman's creation, as well as the interesting like Latinx identity of a superhero called American Chavez. She's like newer. She was created in like the 2010s. And I think it's just very interesting how Superman is like the quintessential all-American hero but there is like definitely a Jewish aspect to his identity that has been there since his creation. And also America Chavez, like her name is America. She dresses in red, white, and blue. But at the same time, she is an alien from another planet. So not necessarily a Latina in, I suppose, what we would regard in an Earth way, but still very much at the same time, like that isn't a important factor of her character. In regards to my own work, I just also wanted to create another character who is like a brown superhero, but that's not necessarily like a factor in the story. It's not really something that I explore in the issue that I made because I think it's fine that these characters of color can exist without like needing to like explain or reason out their like identity. And that's just what I wanted for my comic. I just wanted her to exist as she is, while well, she does all these other superhero things and non-superhero things. Did you end up both making a comic book and analyzing other people's comic books? Because I've heard some stuff about like the creative thesis versus the non-creative thesis. So how did that all kind of manifest itself in your work? The creative thesis like process is so interesting. I mean, in my opinion, I think like the whole idea of the thesis is like, at least for other departments, it's like, oh, you got this big question and that's like the whole thing. But really, I think it's kind of like backwards for art majors and I guess like creative writing majors. It's like, you've got this work that you're creating. And that's what I did first was I just started making my work. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of figured out what I wanted to say as like the writing portion of the thesis after the fact. So I made this thing and I'm like, okay, like what kind of like big question or like what kind of thing do I want to say that I like I can write about in like the written part I just like figured it out from there wow that's really cool so you're kind of like flipping this whole thesis narrative and instead of going from micro to macro you're going from macro to micro yeah exactly it feels really backwards and uh, (laughs) I just feel like, like the art department doesn't really tell you that It's just like a different way of approaching thesis from what I guess most people think about it. Yeah, I've always wondered. It's really interesting how 
all these people across the across the college who are studying all these like insanely different things can all kind of you know come together and still have this thesis experience and like part of like what this podcast is so cool is that you can see like the things that are the same across all departments and also the unique ways that the thesis experience like can really be different depending on what exactly you're looking at. Right. How did you get into comic books and art in general? So kind of like maybe take us back to the first moment that you started thinking maybe this could be something that I would want to do, you know, about as a, as a life thing or as a thesis thing. Oh man. Honestly, growing up, I don't know what was up with me, but I just, from the get-go, I always thought that I was going to be a lawyer of all things. <laughs> and I was just dead set. Like I'd be in elementary school. I'm like, going to go to school, get good grades, go to a good college. Um, but really junior year, I started going to this store called Fan Alley, which is, um, it no longer exists. Like I'm from like Anaheim. Um, and the whole thing was that it was a lot of like fan artists and like the owner of the store, I actually became friends with her. Um, yeah, she just hosted a lot of like pop-up art events mm. with like local artists and just like selling their works. And it, it was like fan art of like, like different fandoms like cartoons and like comic books type stuff and it was super fun and I loved that um and some of the events like she would host were like not just with like local like freelance artists but also just kind of artists established in like cartoon industries and like comics and stuff and I was like oh wow I guess you can actually do this and like make a living um yeah, because I was like still in like the conceit where it's like starving artists, like what can you really do mm -hmm. with like an art degree or something like that? But I don't know, just seeing that and like going to that store and like meeting um, artists was just like, wow, I can't believe I can actually like get a job and like make money by making art and stuff about things that like makes me happy. Like I love cartoons and I love comic books and I've always been like, consumer of like both those mediums ever since I was little but I just really never thought that I could make a career out of that until like junior year of high school which is good because then that's like around the time that you're looking into colleges and I wasn't like going into Reed for its art department mm. but another part of being an artist is knowing how to network and I feel like kind of throwing myself like into the wolves and going to a whole new state where like I wouldn't know people and the whole like read thing is that your classes are small and it's all about talking and like speaking up and the students are in charge I'm like that's very important to an artist and I think that's something that I need to like grow in so that's kind of why I like chose read and also like kind of shifted and became like an art major wow yeah that's a really interesting reason to um to kind of go in on this like read education because I think there are a lot of things outside of just like the the disciplinary skills you get that like really make read valuable. So what other kind of skills did you like acquire or strengthen throughout this process um you know outside of making awesome comic books? Um it's funny because um during my orals board like uh, a lot of my professors like noted that I took a lot of classes that weren't necessarily like 
drawing classes, Mm -hmm. which you would think that someone who likes making comics and like sequential art or stuff like that, like that would be primarily what they take. But like, while I read, I figured I'm not going to have like the tools or like the time to learn how to do woodworking, how to do printmaking Mm -hmm. once I'm outside of college. Um, And so I really just wanted to take any kind of art class that I had like a passing interest in like learning those skills. Um, Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that afterwards. And I think it's great because I think at least for me, cartooning is like, I don't know, how am I supposed to like draw the world if I haven't experienced it? And I think that also speaks to learning how to use different mediums because comics isn't necessarily beholden to just ink and paper. Like you you can absolutely just like use any medium to create comics with. Yeah. One thing I was really wondering was it must have been kind of interesting having your thesis product be kind of at the intersection of art and storytelling and narrative. Uh, Did you like end up taking any English or literature classes or were you focusing more on like the visual aspects of your comic book? I think my comic focuses primarily on the visual aspects. I did think about taking like an English or like creative writing course, but <laughs> that has never been my strong suit. And I think I was just like a bit too nervous to like hop into that. But it has been on my mind that like comics are just this mix of both written storytelling as well as um, visual. And what I really like are like some comics that kind of like mix the two, how like like the function kind of leads into like the story. I guess an example that I have is like this comic called Shade. And the whole thing is that her her power is that she's got this cloak of madness. And so sometimes when she's using it, the text wraps around the entire page and you kind of got to flip it around. Wow. And it honestly makes it a pain to read. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense because, you know, the cloak of madness, of course, nothing's going to be like straight and simple when you're reading it. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense to make everything kind of wild and all over the page. Yeah, even like, yeah, even the ink on the page is like responding to like the power of the story. Exactly. And I wish I would have incorporated that element a bit more into my comic, but there is like one page where like um, it's almost like a reflection and you got to turn it upside down so you can finish reading it. Yeah, it's so cool how like in like works of art and, and storytelling like that, you can actually, with what's written on the page, you can almost like, it's like a form of mind control that you can like, force someone to like you know flip something or just like do things in the real world I don't know I just think that's a really cool aspect of that kind of thing yeah yeah did you have any unexpected challenges while you were working on this um whether in the the realm of like the final product or uh the obvious unexpected challenge of the pandemic yeah oh man I guess uh one thing is that I kind of forget that like I'm human and that I can't produce work at a constant rate. (laughs) So like after I back like fall semester, I would kind of just like start like the drawing process and and not set like a timer for myself. And then I'd realize, oh, my hand is getting like really tired and it's kind of like affecting my work. So I should probably stop now because I'm making this traditionally. So if I mess up like big time, then I have to make 
the whole page over again. And that's just like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. So spring semester, I started tying myself for like an hour of like drawing. Then mm-hmm. I'd switch to like an hour of reading for thesis and then an hour of writing for thesis. And that really helped out um, because you just get tired of doing the same thing for like a long span of time. And it's just, it makes so much more sense to just like split it up. And that way you also just don't get bored during all of that. Yeah, no kidding. Like for a lot of people, this is probably the first time that they're spending a, you know, a year working on one project. Um, So it makes sense having to mix it up a bit. And uh, yeah, definitely important to remember that even if you're writing about superheroes, we are all still human and we do get tired hands. (laughs) Exactly. What ended up being um, like kind of the outcome of your project? So you have this comic book now. Are you going to, do you see that um, like going further in any way? Or are you going to, are you thinking of like keeping in this same kind of field in your life after read? Yeah. So initially um, in the fall, I was thinking that I'd make three comic books, kind of like have it be an arc beginning, middle and end. And then towards winter break, I realized, oh, wait, I have other classes too. And I can't just make all that. Already one issue is enough. Mm -hmm. But I did manage to script the other two like following issues. And I really do want to like make those as well and just have them be available to people, probably like put them online or somewhere because already people who've like read my first issue are like, all right, like it ends on a cliffhanger pretty much. And Mm -hmm. they're invested in the story. I'm like, okay, I I have the second issue scripted and I don't want to leave you all hanging. I absolutely want to finish this. Um, And that's something that will definitely be done like on my on my own time. Um, I'm hoping to spend the summer making issue two and then like hopefully issue three if people are still interested in that. Right now, I think I'm ready to take a break from academia mm-hmm. um, and just start making more art for myself because I feel like like I'm an art major, but I still feel like I mostly made art for my classes because it, it takes a lot of time. Mm. Like art classes are already really long. And of course, they expect you to work outside of that as well. And so I just felt like I had very little time or energy just to create art for my own sake and what I'd really like to do is build up my portfolio so I could you know eventually look into like getting an MFA somewhere what is the art that you work on for yourself look like is it like a similar style or is it completely different world I would say it is a similar style as to what I made in my comic book um but at the same time I don't know I don't really feel beholden to that style and I absolutely want to Mm. grow my skills because I feel like I definitely still just have so much more learning to do. I still suck at drawing animals. Would really love to learn how to draw like a dog <laughs> properly. How do you think that this experience in general will inform your life after read? Um, like the whole thesis and and learning all these things, creating this awesome book that has all this behind the scenes content that might soon be exposed to the world. Taking all the different types of art classes at Reed just helped me gain the confidence to like do the one thing that I've always wanted to do, which was make a comic. Like I've always had these ideas in my mind, like mm-hmm. since high school, of like all the different like stories that I wanted to tell. But I'd always get nervous about starting because of course, like, I don't know. 
I feel like a bit of a perfectionist and I think anyone else who like, I feel a lot of people feel similar to me in that like when, when you make something, it's gotta be perfect from the get go, but nothing ever is. Yeah. And so you simply just got to start and just realize that it's a process and you're going to get better the more that you do it, but you simply have to start somewhere. And so I finally started that. Thank goodness. (laughs) My first full length comic, I would say like finally senior year of undergrad. And that's just given me the confidence to like continue this story, but hopefully continue other stories that I want to make. Not continue, but start other stories that I want to make. And there are other stories in my mind that I would love to create or just other kind of like comic work that I would love to put out there. And I have like this new set of skills and these other materials. And I definitely want to explore making comics in with other things that aren't just like paper and pen. You, you mentioned a little bit that you were making the comic in the, the traditional way. What exactly does that mean? And like, what challenges did it present? Um, I made it with like uh, paper and just like pencil and stuff. Of course, the, the paper like that makes up the original pages are like bigger because then I would like mm-hmm. shrink it down to like what size it would be and what the JT and print services <laughs> shout out to him for actually being the one to put together all the comic books <laughs> um, so it the actual books um, pages are smaller than my original pages that I made I also never had white out so that was <laughs> a pain and just like always on my mind whenever I did the mm. typing aspects or like the lettering so I don't know if I didn't really like or if I accidentally like spilled something on a page then I would just have to do everything all over again Uh, yeah I never kept like water or anything on my like drawing desk I was just a hazard splash free zone exactly (laughs) did you ever end up having to redo a whole page or did you make it through without any um disasters I made it through without any big disasters I definitely messed up a couple letters like they're just not as neat somewhere. And I just like wish I had white out to fix it or probably just should have fixed it in like Photoshop afterwards. But I'm just, I'm very bad with digital stuff. I just try to avoid that as much as I can. At the end of the day, it adds character, you know, it gives a little bit of life to the piece to have it not be like completely perfect. That's what I like to think. Yeah. You can save the completely perfect for um, additions number two and three. Exactly. Well, looking back, do you have any advice uh, to people who are maybe just starting their thesis or maybe those little um, high schoolers who think that they're going to be lawyers but are are maybe slated for a future in the fine arts? What really convinced me to pursue um, like a career in the arts was that even though I knew, like I still know that I probably could make a really good lawyer, I think I'm just always so much happier whenever I'm making art and then like I see people and they like are responding to it and they like like it or they just like I don't know it just makes me happy creating art and I just don't see myself being as happy doing other things um and that's ultimately what I want I just like want to live a happy life and do something that makes myself and would potentially make other people happy to like see my work or something. 
And in regards to thesis, um, I think just starting, whether it's starting reading, whether it's starting writing, or whether it's starting like the initial sketches of your artwork, that's always the biggest obstacle is just like starting. I think we get scared. And the more we wait, the more that scariness kind of like builds and grows and it becomes even harder to begin. But really, once you begin, it's you realize that it's you have all the tools and you're absolutely capable of doing this. Um, and if you can just like be in a group with each other, I think what was really great um, was that even though I couldn't always be with my friends like in previous years, we would just set up Zoom. And I'd have it in the corner and we'd both be muted, but we'd have our camera on. <laughs> so I could just like see them in the corner <laughs> while I'm like typing or whatever, or I just have my laptop on the side while I'm drawing. Cause that way mm. I feel less alone while working on thesis. And I think that's, at least that helps me whenever I'm working is to feel less alone. Yeah. No, that cafe atmosphere, going out to like work with a couple of friends and getting like a latte. I've definitely missed it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it definitely feels like when you when you come to the end of your thesis, it's, it, it sounds like it's one of those moments when you wish you could just teleport back in time and tell you know, yourself one year ago that it's okay. You did make it out in the end and now you have all these cool things and, and you're out in the world. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on our podcast and listening to all of my questions and giving such fantabulous answers. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was very fun. Thanks again, Precious. Moth Part 2 better be coming out soon because I'm definitely hooked, especially after hearing about everything that went on behind the scenes. And thank you as well to all of our listeners who took the time to tune into this episode. I hope you'll join us again to hear from more alumni and students about what it means to burn your draft. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe, check out our Twitter and Facebook pages, and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Burn Your Draft is a production of Reed College and the Center for Life Beyond Reed, created jointly by students, alumni, and staff. This episode was produced and engineered by me, Reed College student Amelie Andreas. Our executive producer is Seth Paskin, class of 1990, with technical advising from staff member Joe Janica. Our project manager is Nate Martin, staff member and class of 2016. Music by Jack Salvucci, class of 2020, and podcast start by alumni Henry Gotchlik and Lillian Pham. This podcast was made possible by a gift from Seth Paskin.